0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Slice of Healthcare. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Really excited for another episode. We are at number 10 already, which is crazy, and have many more in the queue. Very excited for those to be released as well. On this episode, we have Dr. Alejandro Padilla. He is a hand and upper extremity surgeon who is the founder of Ortho Now LLC and it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's the first and only orthopedic urgent care center in South Florida and they're doing some interesting things with technology. Dr. Bedia should be a great guest and without further ado, let's bring him on. Hi Dr. Bedia. Hi, how are you? Hi, thank you so much for joining us on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. Thank you. Very excited to have you. I, I think it would be great if you could give the audience a little bit about your background before we go into it, and then we'll ask you some questions about your career and where you see the future of the industry heading, and a couple other things. So, very excited to have you on.
1: Great, thank you. It's uh, it's an honor to be able to share what our concept of how healthcare should be delivered with with the audience, and hopefully this will. Engender some future discussions. My 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 background is actually of a little bit of timely interest, given the news. But I'm a proud immigrant from Cuba. Came as a as a small child uh, via Spain, where my dad's from, and grew up in northern New Jersey. Uh, public school kid, somehow managed to end up at Cornell. Um, pursued my dream of being a surgeon. Had um, extensive background in medicine on my mother's side from Cuba, um, uh, including orthopedics, which I found out years later. And then uh, after residency in New York and fellowship in Pittsburgh, then Germany, I came to practice in Miami mainly because I wanted to use my Spanish. And I also uh, wanted to develop an international practice. And Founded a co-founded a um, a big hand surgery group that that dissolved after about 13 years and then started my own center. Very soon realized that most of the patients coming to me had already been somewhere that was really a waste of time and money. So I this was a time when urgent care was getting popular about 10 years ago. So I became a franchisee of a company um, that, uh, frankly, didn't work out. The competition we had here with hospital systems was too stiff. And the message wasn't focused. It wasn't directed towards orthopedic or, or injury or sports medicine type care. So we were seeing a lot of flu, sh- flus and sore throats. And and um, so what happened is that failed. And uh, I guess like any entrepreneur, that's just part of it. And But I did learn a lot in the process. And six months later, reopened as ortho now. And our goal is really to, to change how expert orthopedic healthcare is delivered. And we, uh, we are doing that. The biggest challenge is simply getting awareness, and uh, hence this podcast, and, and changing behavior. So even when people are aware of it, they still fall into the same rut. And that goes for the referral sources and the insurers. And that has been the biggest challenge. But uh, that's where we're at now.
0: Interesting. Love the name Ortho Now. Love the the brand. Everything about it. I, I have read a little bit about the uh, the company, and I, I think it's really cool what you're doing.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, obviously, we think so too. And the the interesting thing is, all the patients. <laughs> if you look at our our Facebook uh, page or something, you know, we're almost you know we're like four point eight stars. you know, when do you? It's like my CFO says, when do you ever? hear from somebody's mouth, oh, I had a great experience last night in the emergency room. Like, like he, he, yeah, <laughs> he says those words <laughs> have never been uttered in mankind. <laughs> so obviously we're doing something right. The the, the challenge, and, I, and I, I really hope somebody from the health insurance industry is listening because I'm all ears and I'll give you my personal cell number um, because that has been our big challenge.
0: And explain that that really big challenge as far as with the health insurers well i think i think part of
1: it is that um you know i learned something recently your 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 readers will be interested to know that uh the health insurance industry is mandated to deliver uh, i believe it's 85 percent of their um uh revenue has to be has to be on delivering health care right so in other words if if they get it too cheap Now think, think about how perverse this is. If they, if I can, like yesterday, I, a guy fell from a ladder. Um, I saw him the same day and literally brought him down the hall to our surgery center and put a plate and and eight screws in his, in his uh, forearm. Uh, I was able to do that in one visit and he was in and out of the center in a total of like four or five hours that the cost of that is a fraction of what would happen if you went to the hospital emergency room, waited there. He probably would have been admitted. And yet the insurance industry hasn't um, embraced what we're doing. And I think we're starting to realize now that because they don't necessarily want to save a lot of money because of this mandate. So we need government intervention to incentivize everybody to save costs on health care and at the same time to be able to even deliver it better. And that's what we're trying to do. So the question is, how can we reach the right people? I mean, I'd, I'd love to speak to Bezos or, you know, now uh, uh, Walmart's getting into it. I mean, all these people actually don't know anything about healthcare care uh, are getting into it. And yet you have people out there, and we're not the only ones. There, there are people out there who are doing, you know, providing health care much more efficiently, uh, much better quality. And, and yet, we're, you know, you're not reading about it on The New York Times.
0: I think you're you're spot on too, as you were saying. You know, you'd love to speak with Bezos. <laughs> I think it needs to be a mixture. It can't just be people from the inside trying to innovate. It needs to be the outsiders collaborating with the insiders to innovate within healthcare. Exactly,
1: and 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 in fact, there are elected officials. Um, the and uh, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's it's been a decade now, so I feel justified in calling out. But we were we were founded in a small. City called Doral, so wonderful. Well, you know, we have a great relationship with the mayor. Um, and yet, you know, recently I found out the director of communications for the city didn't have an idea what we were doing. And we're talking about a city of 50,000 people uh, next to Miami internet. <laughs> so tell me what's wrong there. <laughs> I mean, it, it, wow. you know, it's not like I'm a quiet guy. So that I know. So there is a problem of culture and uh, logistical issues in terms of changing healthcare. Because right now, if, say, the, one of the police officers from, from that small city got hurt, they would literally drive right past our center and go to one of these general occupational health centers where they would see a very well-meaning family practice physician who would, you know, many times diagnose a sprain or a strain, which even to a layperson doesn't sound like a very specific diagnosis, right? Um, and, and that's, that's where the money starts just being thrown out the window because now an MRI is being done when it's not indicated or therapy is being ordered when that's not what's needed is a, so what ortho now does is it brings access to the public, to the employer, to, uh, to the soccer mom, to be able to say, you know what, I, I, on my app, I'm going to press this button. It says uh, you hit the button called on my way now. Which is, which is registered and trademarked, on my way now, and that brings up the closest ortho now to them. They can send a picture of their kid's injury, and the, the x-ray machine's already set up for an ankle versus a shoulder because we already know they're on their way in. I mean, why, why is healthcare not benefiting from technology, much like you and I are doing right now, where we're going to be able to transmit this recording to so many people? Uh, why, why are we not doing that in healthcare? And, and you're right. That's why I'm glad that the Amazons and the Apples of the world are getting in, because, like you said, they're outsiders, and we need to change uh, how healthcare is delivered.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm excited to to see those large corporations getting into it, but I hope at the same point that doesn't stifle the smaller startups in the space that can do a lot of innovation as well. Uh, I see, Amazon is getting so big that it's like they, they can they can do this type yeah. of stuff, right? They can get into something that they don't even necessarily fully understand. And because they have the resources and they can learn it. it and as long as they couple with the insiders and like you said, the regulators, they, they can probably do a really good job and really innovate in this space.
1: Well, I think so. I think that the hopefully smart companies like them don't, don't really stifle competition, but rather encourage it. And of course, if they, when they have the money, then they can just buy it. Uh, but that's okay. As long as, as long as uh, their, their intentions are in the right place uh, because the, the, you know, look, we live in a, a free market uh, society and people deliver the best care for the best value should be rewarded. And that's really not happening at all. At all, so that's why I'm uh, excited about about at least a change. What I'm hoping is that those companies will then look in the marketplace rather than reinventing the wheel, and they'll say, "Okay, um, there's this." um, I was just yesterday I went to a dinner meeting with a concierge um, type approach where people pay just a yearly subscription and get access to specialists. Right, that's that's called concierge key health. And those guys are out of the West Coast, and now not everybody's going to make healthcare a priority. But the people who are willing to pay a bit more, you know, should get that. In the end, we think everybody deserves. I mean, I I hate to use a word; it's a right, you know. uh, But but there's no question as as human beings, um, we all need, you know, good healthcare. Um, The question is how how do you deliver it and and I think people need to make it as important as when they shop for a pl- new plasma TV or, or even uh, luxuries like, like aesthetic surgery. I mean, we, we have not put val- the value on healthcare uh, in the same way as luxuries. And I think that we, we need to realize that, that there is a cost to, to this kind of expertise and technology and the, the public has to change our attitude a bit. And they, and they are now. Now that, now that there's these high deductible plans Uh, People, I think, are forced to think about value.
0: Interesting. Uh, Dr. uh, Badia, if someone goes on your LinkedIn, they can see you're a very busy person. One of the things I really wanted to discuss with you today is how do you manage everything? Like, what are some of your time management tips, stress management? (laughs) Because you have a lot on your plate, for sure. (laughs) Well,
1: um, yeah, the stress management is definitely a challenge, you know, about Four years ago, uh, somehow I ended up on the cover of the, of the Business Monday section of, of the Miami Herald, and it was uh, profiling people who have two jobs, and it was, it was sort of um, somebody like some lady was an accountant and she teaches Zumba at night, and so you know two jobs. But but I, I'm I'm not only a busy surgeon, I'm trying to to change how healthcare is delivered in in my sector. Um, so it is overwhelming, but I will say. I took one major step is that I stepped down as CEO about two months ago, and I brought in a a wonderful seasoned healthcare CEO named Nick Mendez. Uh, He's based in Nashville, which many of your listeners may know is sort of healthcare capital of the U.S., Um, and he knows much more about running a big company than I do, so I can concentrate on, you know, yesterday I did, I think, 18 surgeries which people think is crazy, but, you know, we, I do, we do run a very efficient system and that's what I need to focus on. So, so I think it's important when a company with the founder is involved, but if a founder actually uh, talks the talk and walks a walk, that is very different. And we're hoping people notice Uh, this, the, the stress is, is really, I think you have to see that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And I will confess there have been times when, um, when I haven't, and it's because of the challenges I mentioned it, it you know, when you uh, when you do something that, you know, is working and yet uh, people aren't willing to engage. That's very, very stressful. Uh, and then uh, in terms of time, um, I'm always, I've always been pretty good at that. I, I think I started in college and I used to write everything down in the day planner and I kind of miss those days. Now everything has to be typed in a phone or and I find that's actually for me in a way less efficient, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I, I always, there's, there's 24 hours in the day. So I, I think there's, there's always time if you make it a priority.
0: Interesting. I want to go back to that comment you made a little while ago. So we're, we're about healthcare within, I'm very passionate about innovation within healthcare, but I'm also very passionate about entrepreneurship in general. And what you said is one of the hardest things that many founders at some point come across. It's at that point where there might be someone that can take a lot off your plate and run your business very well. It's it's But it's that tough bridge to cross, right? Where you have to let go of the reins a little bit in order for this person to transition into a role of running your, your company. How hard was that though? I'm sure there's parts that you, you love that you were able to do that, but the the just the human being in you must have been like at some point like ah
1: oh, I I know it'd be very tough um, to do that yeah you would think so but that, that's not the case with me I I, I will say I know I, I know what my limitations are and and I know what I don't know and that's really important and I think if you speak to any uh, successful business owner they 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 right people there's no way to know everything um, it's the same with healthcare all right I mean I. People think, oh, you're a hand surgeon. Well, well, especially in South Beach, you'll get the question like, well, what, what can you do to make the hand look better? I was like, no, no, no. No, you, you come to me when you put your hand in a circular saw and, um, and, that, and all of a sudden that that makes it clear. So that's what I'm expert in. Um, when somebody has a foot or ankle problem, they think I know that as well. And yeah, I have a background in orthopedics, but I'm not expert. And it's the same thing in business. So um, even though I know overall how how companies work and run just because i've lived it uh that's that's not what i was educated in and that's that's not what i've done traditionally so so for me it has not been hard but it's all about finding the right people i should comment that we were co-founded the, the ortho now franchise and it's currently a franchise which we think is going to transition but ortho now national and soon to be international was founded uh well started by myself out of a, out of a need frankly, as I mentioned, and, and frustration with, with healthcare delivery, but then I was at least wise enough to bring in a healthcare, um, well, not, not a healthcare, an MBA who didn't know healthcare, but knew, knew understood business, and that's been a, a terrific partnership, and uh, Justin Irizarry is um, somebody I met through the local Cornell club, so a so big shout out to these uh, alumni clubs, because you really can do great networking with that. And he went on to get a Wharton MBA and was um, working in uh, New York and Wall Street for, for years. And when he came to the company, he realized how screwed up healthcare was. And he said, look, let's take a more sensical approach. And, and he's our, our CFO and that, that's what he's expert at. And, um, and it's, it's been amazing. So I don't have any problem at all. Um, handing over reins when would, not only capable people but people who have the right passion um and 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 desire to to deliver on our product
0: Well, that's great that's uh very interesting so ortho for for ortho now what what are some of your plans with it that's congratulations on all the growth that it's seen to date i know you guys what you have a couple of locations right now currently yeah but
1: uh you know i, I want to be candid in that in that our our growth has sort of been modest um uh because again these challenges but we we know we're on the cusp of of um, overcoming them we um we we are now engaged in four different states so we we do and we have basically about 40 in development um i will tell you michigan is already sort of spoken for the entire state was acquired by um by a couple who really knows orthopedics. And they now need to engage with both investors and clinicians to put up ortho centers uh, around the state of Michigan. Uh, so once, once we see that get some traction, then we know a lot of the other places that are currently looking at it will move forward. I, I think you know it's not like opening a, a, you know, a burger joint. Uh, that has its challenges too. But you know, healthcare—it's it's so regulated, and 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 it differs so much state to state—that this is challenges for us. So, so what we're currently doing is exploring other models where we might keep franchising, but but we can joint venture with um, with regional healthcare systems, with large orthopedic groups, which really was the original intent. Um, so there, there's a lot of different options here, and uh, now that we have we. We kind of buffed up our executive team. We are, uh, we're, we're on our way to doing that. At your centers,
0: do you – I'm not too familiar with this, but do you have to work
1: with uh, many uh, payers? Sure. Well, the, the idea is for this to be, uh, as, as Justin says, we, we want to kind of democratize healthcare, orthopedic healthcare delivery which means that anybody should be able to walk in and get care. And that includes people without insurance. We are, and I'll just put it right out there. Um, I, I think for an exam, x-ray, consultation, and treatment plan, it's about 195 bucks. Now, I understand for a lot of people that may be, that may be a ton of money, but, you know, let's face it, with what people spend on, on many things, to actually get fast orthopedic care, that's pretty good. Now, of course, we want to be uh, on insurance networks. People... People still, I think that's going to change, but people still depend on that and, and want to use their insurance when they can. So we are trying to get on all networks. We've, we've been on Medicaid from the very beginning, which, you know, frankly, doesn't pay that well, but we don't want people to, to, to have to leave. And for me, my biggest frustration is when patients say to us, oh, you don't take my insurance. Well, that's, that's not true at all. Um, that, that, that is that the insurance company hasn't engaged with us. And even though we, we we have discussions, it just seems to get kick, the can's kicked down the road. And I'm not talking months; I'm talking about years. So when that changes, it's not only going to be good for that insurance carrier, but it's going to be great for society, and great for that little kid who just fell off the monkey bars. All right. And this this is what we're trying to do. So that I'm hoping will change. Um, the one way we can make this affordable is you can't have uh, like you can't have somebody like me sitting there waiting for an ankle sprain. To begin with, you know, ankle is not my forte, right? And it's not a surgery center. It is a orthopedic walk-in center. So we deal mostly with mid-level providers, which means usually orthopedic PAs, physician assistants, who are very well trained. And I will put one of our good PAs up against just about any, um, you know, general physician who, who works at many the, the urgent care centers, because those folks need to know about a lot of different things. These PAs don't, they're not gonna see, they're not gonna look at your throat. They are gonna reduce a fracture. They know how to uh, splint an injury. They know how to diagnose back pain, and they know how to refer and immediately to the right subspecialist if potentially something surgical is needed, or if it, the case is simply complicated and they need help. And we do that all just like you and I are doing right now by holding a phone. That's how we do it. We don't pick up the phone and call. That those days are gone.
0: Interesting. For the payers that you currently engage with, does it take a while to credential your staff with those oh, it, payers? It's
1: crazy. The the level of bureaucracy is is it's just staggering. I have no other word for it. And we wonder why the U.S. is. Uh, two times as we spent twice as much on health care as our percentage of GDP as the next industrialized country, which I think is either uh, Norway or Switzerland. Uh, we, twice as much. And I, I, I firmly believe that's the reason. In fact, if you look at a graph of health care in the last 30 years, the, um, the, the growth of physicians is, a, is like a few percent. And where it's in administrators, um, I, and and sort of middle people, I, I think it's like it's like I, I read somewhere it was eighteen hundred percent. I mean it's 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 incredibly uh, bureaucratic, and you know we need all these components, but we don't need more more administrators than than the people who actually deliver the healthcare. And that is where I think these big companies getting into healthcare will, will innovate.
0: I also think though, that's where like centers like yours, right. Um, can provide a ton of value by you're you're not going to require the staff that some of these larger centers are going to require, and you're going to be able to be very efficient. Oh no, We're, we're your,
1: lean and mean each, each ortho now center has a, um, and I want to emphasize a very pleasant receptionist who uh, understands insurance, goes into the computer and immediately starts getting that patient checked in which which by the way, very soon will you'll be checking in remotely, but uh, that happens in our greeting room. We don't even call it a waiting room because people don't wait. So in our greeting room, the process starts, then there is a um, then there's a, the administrator of course, who also if, uh, is community facing, meaning they go out and they attend Chamber of Commerce events. They, they, they'll go to a CrossFit festival or a Little League game and they, they meet these people. So they're out in the field a lot. And then there's the, if we're busy enough, then we need a separate sort of checkout person to make sure that patients are adhering to what the treatment plan is, right? And, and hopefully ensure that we get paid so that we can, we can stay solvent, right? And then there's the clinician. And the clinician works with a medical assistant. So the medical assistant will take will be X-ray certified. They'll take the uh, films, and then the clinician uh, again is is frequently in contact with the subspecialist because you can't expect to have a hand surgeon, a spine surgeon, a foot surgeon, and knee specialist all sitting waiting for that patient to be seen, right? That just logistically it's impossible, and that doesn't even happen. doesn't even ha- happen in the biggest hospitals. So, uh, so what we're doing is. Making is very efficient. There's not layers of administrators or staff, and we're, we're, we have the key people to be able to deliver the care.
0: That's great. Thank you for that breakdown, too. Appreciate it.
1: Sure. Well, we're we're hoping so, people listening or who are excited about healthcare or, um, engage with us because it, it's 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 really not rocket science. But I, I'll tell you what is what is rocket science is what uh, what goes behind it. So. Um, yeah, getting, getting the right person to see an injured or, or someone in pain, uh, that's not a complex concept, but, but yet developing the third generation of our app is. And so we've got all these tools. We've got a tool for the, the clinicians to communicate in a HIPAA compliant manner with each other to be able to share the x-ray and the MRI and even do a, a sort of immediate telemedicine consult with that patient when sometimes that's required. And we could do that remotely.
0: That's excellent. Very interesting. And I, I just want to let you know and the audience know, I will put all of your social links and any other links that you want in the show notes for this podcast, as well as on all of our social channels as well when the podcast is released. So they'll be able to find you and your different channels that you have and learn more about you beyond what we discussed in the podcast.
1: Sure, that no, that'd be great. And uh, you know, for us, the, the main Way people get in touch with us is about both people interested in the business and 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 uh, patients looking for a, uh, a clinician, an orthopedic clinician, is through the website, which is simply orthonowcare.com. So so through orthonowcare Care, they can they can actually download the app, um, the On My Way Now app, and they can and they can read a lot more about the business itse- itself. So that is uh, a vital part of our communication with the public. Great. Look
0: forward to, to sharing all that information. Well, Dr. Badia, I want to thank you so much for being on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. Thank you, Jared. Engaging in this very interesting, innovative <laughs> discussion. It's these type of discussions, the more we have them, that create more innovation and more interesting things happening within and healthcare. Thank well, so thank I you very much. the
1: opportunity, and um, uh, you've really been a charming host. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Well,
1: you have a great day, and we'll have to have you on again sometime, hear how ortho now is We'd love to. would love to give you guys an update. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you to everyone who joined us on another episode of Slice of Healthcare. Please be sure to check us out on our social handles. Pretty much everyone is at Slice of Healthcare, with the exception of Twitter, which is at Slice of HC appreciate all the support that everyone has given us thus far. Be sure to go on to iTunes if that's where you listen to us and leave a rating and review. We really appreciate all the feedback and look forward to bringing you more episodes. Thank you. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show?
1: Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.